Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Bibles, please, with me. I say God's garden. You can tie to it. God's garden. You can tie to it. You are God's garden. You can tie to it. I am God's garden. First Corinthians chapter three. We read verse nine. First Corinthians chapter three. We read verse nine. The Bible is so clear about it. First Corinthians three nine. Say, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's feet, you are God's building. Other translations, please. So this one says, we are fellow workers, we are God's building. This one says, we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together, with and for God. Say, you are God's garden and vineyard or vineyard and feed under cultivation. You are God's building. Other ones, two or three more. Say, what makes them worth doing is the God we are serving. You happen to be God's feed in which we are walking or to put it in another way, you are God's house. Order one or two more. We are only God's co workers. You are God's garden, not ours. You are God's building, not ours. One more, please. We are co workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden. I love this. The house is building in the midst of whatever is happening around us. The word of the Lord to us this morning is to remind us that one, we are co-workers with God. Ephesians 2.10 talks about that. We are here because we are on an assignment. He said we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good work. So we are God's co-workers. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 5, as long as I am in the world, you are the light of the world. We are here. Let's go back. We are God's co-worker. That translation of 1 Corinthians 3.9. Just go back to it. I want to point out one or two other things. That particular uh, translation that you use for us. Except for we are... No, that's not it. It's not it. The last one. It says, we are co-workers with God. So, presently... Darkness cover, but we are the hands of God. 
We are the fingers of God. We are the feet of God. Everywhere you go, you represent him. He said we are God's co-workers because God is not going to come down literally in his, the way he did for Moses. You are planted here. Not only planted here, he has put his Holy Ghost. You are his habitation. Everything that you need to make for life and godliness is already on the inside of you. So, you are God's cultivated garden. And that's where I'm starting. I understand that rose, the rose that people exchange, if you plant rose and you leave it to itself, those who understand gardening, we are testified to it. Rose will just mangle together. It will be stunted. They just grow on each other. But the gardener knows that when you prune it, I mean, if they mangle together, it means they are dissipating energy. They are not productive. So what the vine dresser does is to prune so that that plant can face the sun, can receive life from the light, sun. And then it can grow to maximum capacity. And then we can feel the fragrance. It fills the whole garden. Can I have an amen this morning? You are God's garden. God is doing a work in your life. Things may be happening in the world that we call global crisis. But you and I, God is doing a work in us in the midst of what is happening. So that the fragrance of our lives can be, we can be pruned. That's what this experience, recession or whatever we call it is. It's just for us to borrow ourselves brain. It's just for us to be able to align into divine purpose of God. It's just for us to know that our confidence is in God. When there is cycle of famine from Bible days, it's supposed to help people refocus and re redirect their energy and their dependence on God. It's very easy that when people are over too much comfortable, we forget God. That's the truth. But sometimes this shaking is necessary to redirect our focus towards the light. The sun of righteousness arising with healing in his wing. When men say there is passing down, we can say our direction, our focus is on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we are God's cultivated garden. We are the building that God's construction is on in our world. It's called strategic placement. Highs that see are common. The ones that, see, that, eyes that look are common. The ones that see are very few. Those who don't know where the world is going, we have to follow some of us who know where we are going. I know where we are going. I know that we are on the brink of revival. We are already in the flow of it. And I know that the proud in the nation, the confidence of the nation is being shaken so that we can look up to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. I know where we are going. Things are being wrapping, they are wrapping things up. I know where we are going. I know that the kingdom of this world will soon become the kingdom of our God. I know where we are going. I know that we have a hope and a future in our hand. I know where we are going. I know that this nation, Nigeria, we soon, that name that we are being called, the giant of Africa, there is a reclaiming that is going on. 
Wake that sister up. She's not here to sleep. And sometimes that's what happens in church. People get excited and then they sit back and you sleep. Ah, ni Ah, ni we me. And we won't die, sleep the death of spiritual death. Amen? Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. I just have to call our attention because what we are talking about this morning is very important. It's very important. You see, we can't say what is happening around us doesn't concern us. It concerns us. It concerns us. You go to the same market. It, it concerns us. I mean, how will it, the giant of Africa, you are asking people to come and buy rice for 10,000 with their identification number. It doesn't all God well. We can plant rice in this country and fill the whole world. So, in the midst of this thing, I know where we are going. There is a restructuring going on in the spirit. So, I know where we are going. I know that there will there we arise, SME, that we change the dynamics at which we conduct business. I know where we are going. I know the elites are losing their grip on their economy. So I know where we are going. And those who don't know where we are going, because it's a confession, they say, we don't even understand this country. We don't know where we are going. Those who don't know where they are going, they will have to follow those who know where we are going. So we are God's garden. God is interested. So the rose bush, if you leave it to itself, it gets all struggling and tangled and grow on itself. But when you prune, it grows towards the light. And you can get the best out of it. We can cut it in bits and pieces. And lovers can come and buy and give it to other lovers. They can feel the fragrance of it. They can know the fragrance. If they are mangled together, they are not able to give us the best smell that it's expected. Praise God. Without vision, the Bible says, people perish. Where there is no revelation of God, people cast off restraint. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation of God, people run wild. Where there is no revelation of God, people are at loss as to what they need to do. So guarding, which is very important, or guarding, is referenced in the Bible. At the beginning of the Bible, you hear about guarding. And at the end of the work of our Savior on the earth, you hear about guarding. So, Guarding, it suggests something. It suggests that you and I, we are God's interest. The church is the guardian of God on the planet heart. In Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11, I make some reference where we are referred. Isaiah 58 11 talks about something. I love that translation, where there is no clear prophetic vision. People quickly wander astray. But let's go to Isaiah 58, 11. He said, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Can I have an amen to that? And strengthen your bones. In other words, you will not be depressed. You will not be given to sicknesses. 
You will not be given to those psychosomatic in, in sicknesses because of the state of the economy that is weighing through your mind. He said, the Lord will strengthen your bones. He said, you shall be like a watered garden. You shall be. He said, and you shall be like a spring of water. You know, in the midst of it, your life becomes a blessing because where there is spring of water, you can't drink it alone. Other people will come and partake. He said, but you will be a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 12. We're talking about the Bible referring to us as a garden. He said, therefore shall come. They shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of God. He said, for wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock... Of the and the hand, he's talking about business. He said, Their soul shall be when there is business prosperity, our soul shall be like a well watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. By the word of the Lord, you won't cry over that business. By the time we are through with this season, there is so much clarity, there's so much blessing that your business is within the community. That anything that represents pain, disappointment, is far away from your business. Solomon wrote something. So the bride of Christ is regarded to as the church and is regarded as the fruitful garden of the Lord. In Song of Solomon chapter 4, verses 12 to 15. Song of Solomon chapter 4. Say, a garden is enclosed. It's my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are as an orchard of pomegranate with pleasant fruits, fragrant hina and spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all the trees of frankincense, maya, aloes. With all the chief spices. So, when you have a garden, there are variety of, of plants. There are variety of fragrances. All those things that I've just mentioned, perfumes have been made out of them. A fountain of gardens, a well-living water, and streams from Lebanon. So, you are God's garden. You are God's building. You are God's project. So, a garden is enclosed. A garden spring up. A fountain seal. And see, God has this garden in each locality throughout the world. That is what is referenced as the local church. This place is a garden of the Lord. It's a garden of the Lord. And where two or three are gathered together in the, His name, that's also another garden of the Lord. We are supposed to be fruitful. We are supposed to be thriving in the midst of challenges, in the midst of famine. We are supposed to give light to the whole nation. We are supposed to give direction in business, direction in families, direction in how things should be done in the larger society. Why? Because the owner of the garden prunes his garden so that we can bring much fruit each time. Amen? 
I want you to think, just take a pause, deep breath, and answer this question. What does the picture of a world secured garden conveys to you? When you see a garden, it's well secured. It's well watched over. They get it. What picture does that convey to you? For me, it talks about attention. It talks about care. It talks about nourishment. It means nothing just go in and out. Nothing heats up the things that are prepared in the garden. It means care. It means security. It means affection. It means nourishment. You and I, we are God's garden. So we are preserved, we are nurtured, we are cared for, we are watched over in the midst of whatever is happening globally. So the church is the garden of the Lord. And we are the church. But what it means that in the midst of what God has said in his word, each and every one of us should now yield our hearts to him. Because our heart is that garden where it can pull the seed of the word. Where it can plant it or we can plant it. That it will affect the way we see things. It will affect the way we approach things. I can ask you a very simple question. If something happens in your life as we speak, what is your first response? Pick your phone and call who you know. Or look inside and say, God, what are we going to do here? The Lord's garden the vine dresser is the one who cares for it. If anything is going to go wrong with that garden, the res- it is the responsibility of the vine dresser. If anything will go wrong in our lives, it is the responsibility of God. You are God's garden. So you don't need to be anxious at this time. We are God's garden. Isaiah 51 verse 3. This is God's word to someone this morning. He said, for the Lord will comfort you. He will comfort all your waste places. He will make your wilderness like an Eden. And your desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in your garden. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. So what are we supposed to do with the position of our heart in the light of this circle that many people will begin to hear on the news? What should be our response? Jeremiah 17 verses 5 to 8. That's our response. That is your response. That's my response as God's guardian. For thus says the Lord, cause is the, is the man who trusts in man. Are you see? And makes flesh is strength. So, 
in this season, please understand ahead of time, logic is going to fail. In this season, understand ahead of time, money will fail. The word cost here means limited. So, if I trust in man, there is a limit to the result that we get at this time. If I trust in my intelligence only, there's a limit to the result that we get at this time. That's the implication. Because in our world, wherever there is, the reason why some of the advanced countries are announcing is because they don't want to look at anyone beyond their citizens. So they are announcing ahead of time to keep people away. That's one. Then secondly, to tell everyone that we are in recession. So our premium priority is our own citizen. That's why it's been announced. So, but what happened at this time, our, fle- our strength is not in those things. Let's read the next verse. Anyone who puts his trust in man will be like a shrub. If you haven't been to the northern part of Nigeria, you probably don't understand that. Um, you know, in some of, some of those places where you have what is called shrub, it's just one little tiny tree standing alone and probably many meters or kilometers aside. So it's just scattered like that. There is no collaboration. There is no connection. Everybody just stand. God for us all. Everybody just stand for themselves. And so you can see things. I mean, it does, what some of those plants does is that they don't even open themselves up at all. They so conserve their nutrients to just be able to stay there until rain falls. It's the same thing. Anyone who's had the parts to be from the Lord we be like a shrub in the desert. So it's not that where you are, there are connections to other things. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. And in some of those places, their land is even salt. In a salt land, which is not inhabited. But verse 7, which is our confidence. Can we read it together? Stop. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. The word blessed means empowered to prosper without limit. So let's read together now so that you won't have the other. Blessed or empowered to prosper is the man who trusts. So the, the previous verse he said, Man trusting in man. But this one says, man trusting in the Lord. Let's read. One, two, three, go. Read further. And whose hope? So as a result of that trust, what will happen? Verse 8, my brother or sister on that platform. For he shall be what? Can you see the difference between shrub 
And then tree. Shrub. Standing alone. Tree. Connected to the water table. And is able to spread. Please read on. Let's see, read this resume and finish. The man who trusts God. Yeah? 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 Can you see? So, in the years of drought, there is something that is common to people. Anxiety. And Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart, or 12, 24, is what causes depression. Trying to figure things out on oneself, that's what causes it. It builds up anxiety, and then fear set in. And then the person begins to see that there is no road. But he said, blessed is the man who trusts, who trusts in the Lord. So at this time, brother, sister, boys, girls, cousins, relations, our trust, our confidence, our hope should be in our God. We should not have all these resources from heaven and we are crying outside. We don't know what to do. Uh, you know, in those days in school, it's still those days, but in school, you know, we, some courses are very difficult. And so when students finish the exams, they will just gather. They say, Mr. So-and-so has killed us. And usually because we made such confession ahead of time, when the result comes out, he will indeed have killed us. Remember, someone wrote an exam in that recent. Said, he said, when he saw that his classmates were gathering together, and they said, Mr. So-and-so has killed us. Mr. So-and-so has killed us. He said, well, you are not dead. He said, no, he has killed us. He said, I realize that I am alive. And the Bible says, what is the living doing among the dead? He said, so I left them. So it's very important that at this time, our hope, hope of what is to come, then our trust for each day reality must be in the Lord. Psalm 1, can we read the same Psalm 1? Let's read something from Psalm 1 this morning. Psalm 1. If you don't mind, let's read it from the TPT. Can we read it together? Comes to the one who follows God's way. With the weekend. Yeah. Scorners. Who are scorners? Those who say, mm, you are still believing that Bible. All those pastors, they are just wrapping your head. I said something. I, I, I mean, I was listening. I, I've said it here once. I was listening once to a preacher. And he was saying, that book. No, it's not that book for me. Because that book, when you say that book, it could be me's and boons. But this is the Bible. The word of life. You see, your response to it matters. Scorner says, mm, we've had that before. I can tell you, some people even have catalog of those who have laid hands on them. 
And still, nothing has changed in their lives. No. Scorners. We can't be scorners at this time. We can't be scorners like that servant or minister of finance at the gate of Samaria who says, ah, ah, or God prophet. Even if the Lord will open the windows of heaven, he said, this cannot happen. And the man says, well, I didn't bring my word. I said the word of the Lord. He said, so I will do something so that other people can learn lesson. You just stay, stand aside at the gate of the city and watch what we do. And so the economy turned around. And in the beat to say, ah, 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 the man was trampled to death. Scorners. Scorners. So let's go back. It said, number two of verse two. Can we read for that? Remain true to the word of what? I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. I am the way, the truth, the life. He said, this person's hope remains to the word of I am. And what does he do with the word of I am? Read further, please. Of light. Read further, please. So, God is the builder. Don't forget our test. He's the architect. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, he declares the hands from the beginning. God knows the hand from the beginning. He knows where we are in the scheme of things. So let's read for that. Deeply rooted in every season of his life. So please, brothers, sisters, I don't know if you've met so, so people. You ask them for money, they say, ah, things are dry. No, your confession should be, I can't afford to give you anything now, but hey, I am blessed. What does that Bible say? Let's go back to verse 4. Let's read it. This is how faith work, things work. Verse 3. Instead of saying, ah, things are dry, ah, the way I am, like that widow, he said, this one, this last meal, is just for me and my son, and then we will wait to die. You know, it's the same thing. People are suffering around us now. And people find it very, not even one square anymore. But it's never dry, never fainting. So my confession at this time is that I am ever blessed. I am ever prosperous. I may not have what you are asking me for now, but I am ever blessed. I am ever prosperous. That's the language of faith. And you see, when I maintain that posture, things begin to rearrange themselves towards me. Because I have that posture of faith. I am ever blessed. I am ever empowered to prosper. I am ever prosperous. Is as wished above all things that I prosper and be in health. Even as my soul prospers. Say with me this morning, I am ever blessed. I am ever prosperous. I thank God for the gift of Jesus. I have Jesus. I have his word. I have the Holy Ghost. So I am ever blessed. I am ever prosperous. Let me just tidy this up. 
So we are God's garden. We are God's garden. And in Song of Solomon 5.1, God says, I have come into my garden. I have. So in this time, our trust and confidence is in God. Please let me say something about your garden. Our garden, as it were. Number one, a garden is a separated place with clear boundaries. A garden is a separated place with clear boundaries. So we are separated from the world and then separated unto our God. We are separated. The world runs on a system. How things are structured, how things are run. But in that system, God has called us out of darkness into his own dear kingdom. So, we belong to another kingdom. So, people complain in that system when things does not go according to their projection. When we project in this kingdom and things doesn't also go, what is our own response? Hebrews 13, 15. Can we read together? So, that's the clear boundaries that we have. That's why in another place he said, when men say there is casting down, that's why your own frequency of faith to go on. He said, therefore by him, let us continually. So it's not just when things are working. Even when things don't seem to be working or they're about to get working, let us continually offer. And I'm happy that you are bringing this translation. He said, sacrifice. Is sacrifice easy? It's not. And sacrifice is not conditional. It's something that you are obligated to do. So, sacrifice of praise to who? God, the architect and builder. I said that is the fruit of our lives. Doing what? Giving thanks to his name. So, guidance they do have, that's number one thing. They do have is a separated place with clear boundaries. Number two, it's a dedicated place. Dedicated place. That garden is assisting for the pleasure of its owner. So, my life, your life, we owe it to our owner, our king. We can't run on our own terms. You know, everything you buy now, everything, even when you are feeling fun, you are buying things online, they say terms and conditions apply. You have to click before you can proceed. Our life belongs to our owner. God is the owner. And see, what I've just said now, many people have Jesus as their Savior. They don't have him as their Lord. So, they are in the car with Jesus. They are still on the driver's seat. Some people are not in the driver's seat, but they are very anxious. They are sitting at the back seat, but they are saying, Jesus, Jesus, you, are, you don't know Lagos Road. Bring that steering. We hold this life to him. I don't know about you, brother, sister. I hold this life to him. I mean, Paul says something. He said, whether we are alive or we are absent from this body, it's to the Lord. You need to get to that. I need to get to that. Every one of us. Every one of us. You see, Christianity is not weekend affairs. Christianity is, there is no department of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then Wednesday, 
certain hours and then Sunday, certain hours. No. Christianity is not like the way Indians teach it. It's not God. One of the gods that is added to whatever they believe. The third thing is that the garden is a beautiful place. The garden is a beautiful place. I watched a documentary some weeks back. I think they've repeated it on channels. There's a garden in Abuja where, I mean, there is, there is, there's just that garden. I mean, wife of one of the leaders, they interview her in that, in that documentary where he said when she's stressed, she just drive into that garden, even when they are close, because the garden gives a different feel at night. The flowers that are planted in various parts of that garden, they release their fragrances at night. So he said you just want to sit and take things in. I know we don't have dedicated gardens around here yet, but the truth is that when you see gardens, ah, it's a sign of peace. And that's the way God designed our lives, brother, sister. God doesn't want us to struggle. God, does what is, God doesn't want us with the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want us to hustle. I think we need to just, is it this general mindset, I believe in hard work, so let's call it hard work. I question smart work because for some of us in our own part of the world, smartness means you are defrauding others sometimes. And you are trying to take advantage of other people to be able to get to where you want to get to. So I defer a bit about the definition of smart work. But the truth is that hard work, work doesn't kill. As a matter of fact, the reason why God gave man work is to expose his potentials. That's why the Bible we say in the New Testament, he who does not work does not have the right to eat. He said, some brothers will work disorderly among you. No, you can't. I mean, hard work is hard work. And God has promised to bless what? The works of our hands. Not the works of I shall do, I will I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. No, it's the works of our hands. So, gardening is a beautiful place. Your life, my life, is also a beautiful place. How does Moses pray? I think it's in Psalm 90. He said, may the beauty of the Lord be seen upon our life. May he bless the works of our hands. Thank you for agreeing with that. Can I have amen from everybody now? Amen. amen. Psalm 90 verse 17. Garden is a beautiful place. In the garden there is order. So, order must come into our lives as a garden of the Lord. God is building our characters individually and then corporately as a people. The next one, garden is a fragrant place. It's a fragrant place. Garden doesn't smell. It smells freshness every time. There is a feeling that comes during the day when the sun is rising, when it rains, there is another feeling. When it's night, there is another feeling. When it's early in the morning, there is another feeling. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. So it is evident that God delights, even God himself, eh, he delights to come into that garden. That was what he did for Adam. He's always coming. Today, our hearts, our life is that garden of the Lord. He wants to come and visit us every day for us to have communion, for us to have fellowship. 
Can I have an amen this morning? The next one, garden is a place of growth. Garden is a place of growth. If you ever visited a garden, you see sometimes this plant, they start out, they started as small seedlings. They are planted. Sometimes these seedlings have become trees when they are transplanted or whatever it is. So, our, our, as God's garden, we need to assume that process of being, as we are being nurtured by God, as we receive nutrients from the Holy Spirit, we must be growing. We must be growing. So, garden is a place of growth. Our life should be saturated with growth. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. You know, in Mark 4, verses 26 to 28, the Bible talks about the farmer who the sower sold the world, but as he sowed, different hearts, different places where he sowed, by wayside, on, on the road, among tongues, they represent different hearts that receive the same seed. And when it was processed, another heart brought forth 64, another heart 60, 70, another heart 100. So it represents. So garden is a place of growth. And lastly today, garden is a place of rest. It's a place when God visits you, your garden, every day, you should not be anxious. It's not like Moses, who said, uh, I mean, the thunder and all, uh, those Israel, uh, those, uh, they said, no, 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 Moses, we don't want to get back. No, he said, now, the present garden, let us come on to Mount Zion, the city of our living God. And so when we come now, we come with confidence. Hebrews 4.16, we come boldly. We come boldly. Is our Father is delighted to fellowship with us. We are not hiding like Adam anymore. We are not covering ourselves with low self-esteem, with leaves. We are not covering ourselves. We are not naked anymore. We can come. So garden is a place of rest. And rest is synonymous with fellowship. In Hebrews chapter 1 now, it says we must, the only labor that we need to do in our relationship with God now is to labor to enter into this rest. And when we enter into this rest, we cease from all our works. And I have an amen. amen. It's, it's crucial. And that's why we need, that's one of the things we need to do in services. We need to remind ourselves. So that when we are faced with the pressure out there, we can know that we are God's garden. Can I have a beautiful amen this morning? So, my conclusion this morning, Psalm 23, we read together at this time. Psalm 23, TPT, please. Psalm 23. There's one translation that I'm still looking for. I came across that translation and have been looking for it, I couldn't find it. If you read that translation, I mean, it just helped you. And I was looking, I copied it into one of my notes. I'm still searching for it. But if I found it, I will bring it to church. Or rather, I will ask Uncle Wale to help us reproduce it. You can paste it. That version of Psalm 23. Man, 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 oh man. It's, it's not our regular Psalm 23, bro. CPT. Can we read one, two, three together? Hold on. Can you say that as we sit this morning? 
So if he, mm -mm, can you say that to yourself? Can you say that in your own garden? If he's not, then it means you are set for growth. Can we go one more, two, three, go? So if you read NKJV, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Some of us in, from mother's womb, that's when we'll be reading Psalm 23. Because as your mother is reciting it, you are hearing it from the womb. But no, you don't read the word of God that way. So you would have missed that part. It's not just your shepherd. He's your best friend before he's your shepherd. So can we go gradually over it now? One, two, three, go. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Read on, read on. Some people are not reading because you don't believe it. That's it. Read on. We are reading to verse 6. It's all ours. Can, I, can you do me a pause? Let me just be kind at this point. I want to be kind a little bit. You know, there was a time people used to tell me that ah, business class, first class. What to put you? She be playing. Come on, we get there different hours. <laughs> Same hour. I mean, you are not going to fly something different. So, the first experience that I have, a church, a member of this church was working at one airline back then. So, he saw me at the airport, collected my ticket. I think he must have read the ticket. He saw what was on the ticket. So, he upgraded me. So, he asked that they should take me to the lounge. So, when they dotted on me on that lounge, and then when it was time, they said, no, I should not worry that when it's time, they come and call us. <laughs> but let me just tell you, hmm? the difference. <laughs> eh? I walked gallantly when I, I mean, I didn't feel, feel like I traveled. Yatowa. <laughs> let's go back because I, what I want to illustrate is that luxurious love luxurious love there's a difference between two star hotel yeah because that's the way we can connect with these things luxurious love they look, no matter whether it's eight star or ten stars the love that God has for you and me surpasses all those things that we are, we, are, we are seeing as enjoyment down here. So, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He strikes. Hmm? takes me to an oasis of peace. So from today, please, if God is doing something in your life, enjoy it. Don't feel bad. Don't feel that it will not last. Because that track is a track that is leading you. You know, some people are afraid. 
that when it's obvious the village people might come after them. No. His tracks, his own tracks, takes you to where? An oasis of peace. So it means your covenant relationship with God is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It takes me through an oasis of peace. That's the first thing you notice in the garden. Then you now notice the quiet brook of bliss. Let's go. So let me be kind of again. You know, I, I also grew up in some of our traditional churches that when people, what we are doing here now, for example, they see it as... Uh, Christians that are not, how can you be doing service in the AC? So when you are fasting, hmm? in those days, when you are fasting, you have to come and sleep on that, those bench. Mosquito must bite you. You must suffer for Christ. Oh. I'm sure that your prayer will be answered as you are seated here this morning. It's also be answered if you are under a tree. But like I said in my carnality earlier on, the difference is clear. You can mosquito can bite you, and you can pray and say, Oluwa No. He opens before me pathways. You know, he has not even mentioned the devil in all this equation, no. And leads me along in his footsteps. So it means he was walking. Where I am walking is where he has walked. There's a song like that. So that I can bring honor to his name. Verse 4. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness... Because he's on the path of peace, brook of bliss. So even if something seems to get out of, of course, in case and in cases. Fear, because there is an ally, there is a track. Fear will never conquer me. For you already have. 2 Timothy 1.7 He has not given us the spirit of fear. I sense in my heart that somebody is saying, ah, Pastor, you monk, I am a lay. Ah, it's how you look at it. It's how you look at it. If you believe that the devil is pursuing you everywhere you go, like MTN, that's what you have. Everywhere you go, that's what you see. If you perceive that everywhere you go, there must be demons. Demons must present. And we have some of our brethren like that. When they see a fair lady, they say, Mami, water. No. He said, this girl must be from the water. Eh, I married one, so I know. <laughs> so, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. It means that when challenges hit, it, it doesn't sign out on you. 
Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. So it means as we walk with him, things happen that may want to bring anxiety and fear to our heart. But his authority is our strength and peace. He said the comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. Is ever available. You can't hear him say, I'm unavailable. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's ever available. He's one dire. He picks your call. You can't hear him sing that kind of song. So you become my delicious feast. Even when my enemy dares to fight, it's only one place that the enemy is mentioned in those four, and that's the same. And he said, What he will do with your enemy, he set a three course. One translation says a three course, maybe not this one. He said, You anoint my, me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit because you need that. When enemy is present, the anointing is activated to walk. He says, You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Verse 6. Verse 6. So, why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Ah! Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it means eternal life is life that now is enjoy to the full and then there is hope for the one to come. Said so then after all, when my life is true, I return to your glorious presence. So be forever. Psalm 91. Oh, okay. So that's that's the message. You serve me a six-cos dinner. How many do they eat in restaurant? Three query. So God is serving us six. Can we read this all together? Let's just read it together. One, two, three, go. I won't interject.
Can you see how to deal with the devil in that place? Can you see how to deal with generational causes in that place? Can you see how to deal with the arrow of the enemy in that place? This was David in the Old Testament. Or Moses writing this for us. And David picked it up. How much more in the New Testament I say when he says, I give you authority to trample. So please note it down in this time. These are things you need to start eating. Psalm 23 verses 1 to 6. TPT, Psalm 91 verses 1 to 16. I had to eat Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. Ephesians 4. Get back home. Get back home. Our conclusion, conclusion this morning is that your life is an eternal storm. Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. Ephesians 4. Talks about our new life in Christ Jesus. Your life is an eternal stock. The more we abide in Christ through difficult times, during difficult times, the more beautiful we grow in Him. The more we can relate to others who face difficulties, and the more empathy we have to help other people. The more we are able to love other people, the more and better quality fruit we are able to produce for the love of God and to our neighbor. This time, please, understand, we are progressively getting into things. But as things happen, hey, you are the garden of God. You are God's garden. God is interested in you. God is interested in me. God wants beauty out of our garden. Can we pray? Can we just stretch out your hand? Just extend your right hand. And just touch someone and pray for them this morning. I just want you to pray. Let's pray for one another. No specific prayer point. The Bible says, pray for one another that you may be healed. You may not know what that person is, has as a burden in their heart, but I want you to pray for them this morning. Just pray. You are a blessed man. You are a blessed woman. So extend that blessing to someone this morning. Just extend that blessing. God may lay specific things on your heart to mention in prayers. You can go ahead and just mention it. Praying over your brothers, over your sisters this morning. Thank you for your blessing, oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Someone needs to be still from their anxiety. Someone needs to be still from the things that bring worry into their heart as we speak. Can you just pray for your, for your brother and your sister this morning? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the body of Christ. We are your garden. The church is your garden. Thank you for our brothers. Thank you for our sisters. Thank you for everyone in this service and those watching online. Thank you, Lord, for your virtue that is flowing into us afresh today to steal our anxiety, to take away our fear, to take away our disappointment. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. It is at work in us. And thank you for this week. It's a productive week for us. It's a week of blessing, a week of increase, a week that when you come on that regular visitation into our garden, we will not hide from you. Your Lord, our relationship will grow from one glory to another. We will experience you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
Thank you this morning. We give you praise. And maybe it's for adventure. There is someone in our midst, Lord, who is not sure about their relationship with you. You said no one can come except you draw them. Lord, thank you for drawing them to this place this morning. And thank you for helping them to hear this message. Thank you for helping them to further make, Lord, their commitment to return back to your love. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This message is brought to you by the Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.